Welcome to A Different Way of Traveling. This is a podcast where we discuss travel for persons with disabilities and special needs in South Africa and beyond with our host, Lois Strachan. Join us as we share inspiring stories of people who travel, exciting accessible travel experiences, and showcase service providers who will accommodate those with special needs. And now, on with the show. Hi there, and welcome to today's episode of A Different Way of Travelling, a podcast on accessible travel brought to you by Accessible South Africa. I'm your host, Lois Strachan. Today on the podcast, we're chatting to Mary Klinkrat, who is the CEO of Raising Hope South Africa. And we're chatting to Mary about the Raising Hope SA Golf Academy that launched recently in Cape Town in South Africa. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Mary Klinkrat. Mary, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast. It's great to have you with us. Oh, it's fantastic to be here. Well, we're going to be talking today about something that you've become involved in or been involved in quite recently, the Raising Hope SA Golf Academy. And I just love the idea of adaptive golf and making golf available to people who haven't really been included in golf as a sport. So it's going to be a really fascinating conversation. But before we get into that particular topic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? Yes, I can do that. Um, so my story is I, I got involved in this disability sphere as such when my um, second child was born and we found out that he had Down syndrome. Uh, we found out after birth, so it was a little bit of a surprise. Nobody really expected it. Um, and that took us on a journey of, well, it took me on a journey of self-discovery, definitely, uh, in terms of realizing what little knowledge I had, um, how few people I knew with disabilities in the world, and just really what my expectations were for for him. Um, over the years, I have three children. Um, my oldest has um, been diagnosed with high-functioning autism. Um, my middle son, is he has Down syndrome and autism and a few other things, but he is absolutely passionate about life and loves sport. Sport is really his thing. And then I have a, a younger child who also has um, cerebral palsy and uh, autism. And I've really learned through them and it's my journey through them that has brought me to, to where I am today. It's opened my eyes to a world that I didn't know about. It's um, introduced me to the most amazing people. Um, really, I've had the privilege of meeting such incredible people who really just see themselves as, as amazing people doing the ordinary things. And I just love it. I love seeing people who don't let what the world says define them. and my goal with my children was that they define themselves, that 
the labels that they have don't define them. Um, what medical professionals say they will or won't achieve don't define them. And um, what the school says they can or can't do doesn't define them, but that they define themselves. They go out there and they define themselves. And so, yes, that is me. I um, I am their mom and I am learning every day through them. And it has brought about a passion for me to reach out to other parents, particularly, um, to help them see potential where otherwise they get stuck in the mud of labels and the the this part of the abilities um, and the what you can't do. My my son David was told he would he would never talk, he'd never go to school, he'd never do this, he'd never do that. Um, he does everything that we were told he wouldn't do. And he does it in a way that brings other people joy and that just challenges perceptions. And I think I want parents to go out there and challenge what they are told so that they can change their futures and their children's futures. Well, one of the results of the the journey that you and your children have, have been on has been the Raising Hope SA Foundation. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, how it was founded and, and what the, the goals of Raising Hope Essay is? Yeah, sure. So um, Raising Hope South Africa started uh, six years ago. It was started by my daughter when she was 13 years old. Um, and it grew out of a series of projects that she had been doing as an ambassador with the Kaylee campaign. Uh, she had started there as an ambassador when she was about 11, no, nine years old. Um, and that is a very big social entrepreneurship growth program. And they did projects and, oh, she learned so much during that program. And each year her projects just seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, one of her projects was a feeding project at one of the schools for children with disabilities in um, the northern suburbs of Cape Town. And she felt that she really wanted to take that further. But beyond that, she wanted to be able to change the lives of other families. And so she started Raising Hope to be able to continue that project and to be able to do more. And um, yes, that's it's, it's, her, it's her initiative. It's her vision. Um, we're all involved as a family. Uh, she is a non-executive member of the board. Um, I do the um, the CEO is my role, and um, her brothers are both part of our junior committee, which is for school-aged youngsters, and it really brings them in line with our. They volunteer at our projects, it brings them in line with our vision. Um, it works as an awareness program, uh, creating awareness for them. Many of them have not had experience with disabilities, and it just gets young people involved in their schools and in their communities. Can you tell us a few of the projects that you've done as part of Raising Hope? Uh, yeah, so we've got quite a few. We've got three areas of focus. Um, the first is education and support, which includes our food hamper um, program called Hampers of Hope, which is run currently at Paul School in Brackenville. Uh, we also have uh, parent support programs called Parent Connect, where we help support and educate parents on relevant topics. A wide range of topics, everything from sort of getting medical professionals into just testimonials, stories, 
like you you did for us on on accessibility, you know things like that. So we do all sorts of those kind of things. We have um, a a pilot program that's going out to schools to help where we coach teachers so that they can better support inclusion in uh, social situations for children with neurodiversities. We have a um, ministry program where we do disability ministry training with religious organizations, and we also run a family program, which is, has a Christian focus, a family support program. And then we have an inclusive sport program, which includes adaptive cycling and our recently launched Golf Academy. Let's talk about the Golf Academy. It sounds like a perfect time to switch. So tell us about the Golf Academy. What is the aims are, what your plans are, and how it operates. So the Golf Academy has been a dream. It's been a pipeline dream of about 10 years now. Um, so even before Raising Hope started, my 16-year-old uh, who has Down syndrome started playing golf when he was about six. It was very challenging. He was uh, non-speaking at the time and he has intellectual disabilities and he, he couldn't always follow things. But he really loved being out there. But it was a really big challenge to find someone who would coach him, who was prepared to coach him. And my sort of thought behind it was how many more, especially sons, would be able to connect with their parents through the game of golf. They may have disability, but that doesn't mean that they can't connect through a casual game of golf. We're not talking professional here. We're just talking about connection, engagement, being out in the open air, bonding time. and. Um, David's coach, Lana, has also got a passion for making golf accessible, and we started having conversations. But it wasn't really until last year that we started to pursue this as a, a, a viable project for us. Um, so the Golf Academy was launched last weekend at the Hasendal Golf Course. We are in partnership with the Hasendal Golf Course. The course has been designed to be accessible. Um, it is 99% accessible. I say that because the bathrooms are currently being built, the wheelchair accessible bathrooms. But the course itself is very easily accessible regardless of disability. It's got short holes, um, so you don't need to be able to endure long hours on the course to be able to play. And it's a very interactive course. Uh, the putting range, for example, has got a lot of interactive games that you can play where it's got equipment that tracks the balls. The kids can play games against the computer. And I mean, it's a fantastic way to get kids involved, especially because it's it's like playing a TV game, but with actual exercise. And so our dream kind of stemmed with, as we've grown, this was really to get players on the course where they could learn to their ability, the best of their ability. If that is very casual, just hitting a ball and missing it 10 times out of the 11, that's fine. If they're able to take it to a high level and go pro, fantastic. We'll accommodate that. Um, the goal was inclusion. It was about learning the game, exposing people to the game, a game which has traditionally been quite closed to the disabled community, um, just in terms of not only access to courses, but the sort of the, the stigma around the game is one of, of exclusion. Um, and I say that as a stigma because I do believe exclusion is a stigma. So, yes, so that was really where the change came about. So the Golf Academy is geared for people of all ages with 
any type of disability to come and have an opportunity to to learn to play golf and get involved. We have open days. They, we had our first one. Um, we'll probably have another one in about three months' time, and that's where we kind of expose people to the the sport. Uh, there's some skills based things that happen. It's a time of connection and a time of experiencing golf. Whereabouts is Hazendal? It's on. Uh, it's south, Brackenfell South. Um, it's on the road to Stellenbosch, the uh, Bottleray Road to Stellenbosch. Um, so it's quite close to Cape Town, but it's got nice views. It's a lovely place to be, and it's very open. Um, yeah. Tell us about some of the the ways the you know the um, the people who have come across and are looking at being interested in learning to play some golf, what would happen? They would, they would arrive and what happens next? How do they become introduced to the golf? So people who haven't played before and who want to just try it out, I recommend coming to the open days. Our coaches run the open days there. Our coaches have done um, training and are doing ongoing training uh, with SADGA, who are the South African Disabled Golf Association, as well as with um, other international bodies that do training for inclusive golf. So they are there. They run the days. And that's a really good day to come along if you're not sure at all what to expect and you want to give it a try. Otherwise, we have golf lessons that run during the week, which um, people can sign up for. Uh, it's there is a nominal fee, but it is very much based on affordability. So um, that will be established once we, you contact us, and that involves a. It depends on the nature of disability, whether it's a half hour lesson or slightly longer, one lesson a week, um, and that takes you through all the steps of learning to play golf. We tend to try and group abilities together, just in terms of. Um, where there is physical disability, the nature of teaching is such we can do a group together. It's much easier. Where we have children with intellectual disability or autism, we often have to use a lot more visual prompts. Our groups tend to be a little bit smaller. Um, and we are looking at also having a group for people with visual impairment. So we would love to have you join us for that. <laughs> Give it a try. <laughs> I was actually going to ask, you know, um, you mentioned that it is inclusive for all disabilities and you know is that the case is you know where are you focusing primarily or is it is it a mindset of saying come let's try let's see and we'll figure out a way to do it it's definitely the latter um i have a really hard time deciding who should be included in something. If we are going to be a disabled golf academy, we cannot be a disabled golf academy that is only for the physically disabled or only for the intellectually disabled because then we are being exclusionary and that is not what we are about. So if you have any challenges and you want to try golf and you want to give it a shot and you want to see if it's something that you could do, our team are up for the challenge. We are up to trying and all we require is that people be open and honest with us. So if something is not working and you have a better idea, you are the expert on your disability. I can have the same disability as you, but I experience it completely differently. So 
my experience, I could accommodate and I could shape a lesson around my experience. That may not work at all for you because your experience is totally different. So how do we accommodate you? We accommodate you by you telling us how we can best work with you, what your skills are, what your strengths are. And if something we do is really not working, we're open to learning about that. So it's about coming with an, an, an open mind and an eager spirit. That sounds such an amazing opportunity. Now you launched, you said the, the 5th of February, 2022. I'm still needing to remember yes. that we're 2022 now. Um, and we're recording <laughs> this interview on the 10th of February. So tell me about the launch day. How did it go? It was it was incredible. It was actually postponed um, because it was supposed to happen on the 22nd of January, but uh, with the heat wave conditions that were forecast for Cape Town, the forecast temperature at Hosengal was about 45 degrees. Oh, wow. So we postponed and it. And that's Celsius, <laughs> not Fahrenheit. Celsius, yes. <laughs> so um, we did postpone it because of that. I think when we started out, um, I was – I was going to be thrilled if we had like 10 people sign up and I expected maybe we could be lucky. We could get 20. That was my expectation. We had 47 players who came um, and then we had their support families and obviously our volunteers who join in. And it was incredible. You know, it was just incredible to see people having fun, being able to relax, being able to connect, trying something new, um, and just sharing their experiences. It, it was really a lovely day. Did that unexpected number of people who who participated, did that place any shift in the way you approached the launch day? Or were your volunteers able to adjust to having double the number of people that were expected? Um, well, I think... First of all, I think although I only ex I sort of wasn't expecting more than 10, I think my heart is always hoping for hundreds more. So um, <laughs> kind of go in with a big picture. And, and But, yes, we did. We uh, we broke down some of what would have been a, a single station into multiple stations so that people could have – we had different stations that people could try different skills with. We used the snag equipment, which is specifically for first-time and learner golfers. So we – did have more stations spread out over a wider area. We also, I think it, it helped us to be able to just relax and connect with people who weren't playing when they weren't playing because not everybody could play at the same time. So it gave us an opportunity to just really engage with, with individuals as well and to hear people's stories and their experiences and their excitement and their desires. And I, you know, that's so much a part of it. It's, it's, it's not just about the sport. It's also about the connection. If we can have the sport, but if we don't have the connection, it's, there's no fun in it. Um, you know, we, we're human. We need, we need connection. That is I so true. We need yeah. connection. And so just connecting with people and hearing people just enjoying it and being just enjoying being out in the open as well, you know. So I do think we were surprised. We did adjust a bit. We, we did take in our registration forms, did have a place where people could specify the nature of their disability. So we were able to plan to accommodate the different types of disability. And we had everything from mental health, intellectual disabilities, autism, physical disabilities, um, hearing impaired, 
visual impaired. So we did have a, a the range of disabilities there, but we were able to prep for that in advance. And you mentioned that you will be having open days on a regular basis. When is the next one scheduled for? I can't give you a date right now. I will update you with the date as soon as we have it. We we are waiting. We're going to be having our feedback meeting session, but um, our our primary golf coach is currently in fan court on a tournament with some of her other players. So <laughs> we will be doing that next week, and we will be t- be deciding dates going forward from there. Um, yeah, but anybody who is interested in that can just contact me as well. Speaking about which, if anyone would like to know more. How can they contact you, Mary? If you're wanting to know the general information, you're welcome to contact me. Um, my email address is mary at raisinghopesa.com or you can give me a call on 074-934-6279. It's a South African number. Alternatively, if you are wanting more of the golf side and you have questions specifically on how we adapt the golf and how it can work for you. Then the person to contact is Shane, who's one of our golf coaches. Um, he can be contacted on golfacademy at hosendal.co.za. Just in the interests of complete clarity, maybe I'm going to ask you to spell Shane's email address. So it is. Is oh, uh, let me find it. <laughs> it's Shane is S H A N E. It's for his name. So if anyone wants for his name, because I know there's multiple spellings of the name Shane. And then in terms of the Golf Academy, it is Golf Academy. So G O L F Academy at Hazendal, which is H A Z. E-N-B-A-L-C-O-Z-A. Great. Thank you. I was going to ask you what the next steps are for the Raising Hope SA Golf Academy, but maybe considering the great work that you're doing within the sector and the community as a whole, maybe I should expand that question and say, Tell us about some of the the next steps for Raising Hope South Africa and for the Golf Academy. Okay. So uh, to start with the Golf Academy, our our next steps are really getting the lessons up and running. People can still sign up um, now and get our golfers going. We have a vision to have a golf day towards the end of the year with a difference. It will be a fundraiser for... Uh, Raising Hope South Africa. And the idea behind that is that every four ball that chooses to play that day will have to have a person with a disability in it to qualify to play. So that person can be someone who's been through our golf academy, which would be fantastic to give them that opportunity, but it doesn't need to be. So that's really something we want to do to make a difference, but to also give players with disabilities the chance to actually play in a tournament, Um, even though it's a fundraiser and it's a fun day, to do that. uh, We would like to see the golf academies growing and spreading to other golf courses. Um, 
we do not believe in holding tight to the projects so that they remain hours and hours alone and are only available at a single course. We want to give as many people the opportunity to, to share in disabled golf. So we, we would have to be able to spread it to other golf courses, both in the Western Cape and further afield. Uh, so that, that I think is something we are looking at. How do we um, bring that so that we have a model that is easily transferable to other courses? But that would be our next steps for the golf. In, in terms of, of raising hope in general, we are seeing a lot of our projects now going back to in-person um, after COVID, which is really fantastic. It's so nice to just be able to actually sit and connect with people in the same room and not everything being on anymore. Um, you know, it's it's wonderful to be able to to meet the children, to be able to meet the parents, to be able to meet the adults with disabilities in some of our programs, and just to be able to engage with them without people missing half the conversation because of internet access or not having data or running out of data, things like that. So I'm really just excited for us for this year to be jumping up that notch of out of being only online and back into the real world. And we are expanding several of our programs, like our Parent Connect program. Um, we are expanding through various areas of the Western Cape, and that's run by parent volunteers or facilitators who have uh, raised children or are raising children with various disabilities. Um, so I'm excited to see that growing into our communities. And again, being able to meet the communities and not just a face over over Zoom, it's not quite the same. And um, also our our disability ministry, we're really excited that we will be doing training to quite a few churches um, this year through, through our training program. And I'm excited to see that grow. And I'm excited to see access to faith-based institutions growing because I think it's it's a need that we, we really do have in South Africa. There is not enough um, access for people and there's not enough understanding of how easy it is to make services accessible um, in different faith organizations. So I think those would be our big focus points for, for the year. And of course, there's always the fundraising projects that are coming up. Um, we have a team doing the Cape Town Cycle Tour on the in March. Um, and so we are launching their fundraising campaign. They always ride to raise funds for the cycling, but also to raise funds for our food hampers that go out to the schools. So um that is an upcoming event that we are very excited about as well. Well, thank you, Mary, and we wish you success with all of those initiatives. And just a, a word from my side to anyone who listens to this who is involved with golf, if you are a, a keen golf player, why not mention it to your golf club? And See if we can spread the word about adaptive golf and making golf more inclusive for those of us living with disabilities. So just remember again that email address for Shane is golfacademy at hazendal.co.za. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to learn a little bit more about Raising Hope South Africa, about the Golf Academy. And who knows? You might see me out on the links at some stage at one of your next open days. We will count on that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Thank you very much for having me. 
was really great chatting to Mary, and I'm sure that we'll be inviting her back onto the podcast in the near future. On that note, we're going to be making a few changes to the podcast in the next few weeks. I'm not going to tell you too much about it yet, but do watch out as we go on a new adventure with the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. That's it from us for this time. You can find Accessible South Africa on the web at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za, on Facebook and Instagram at Accessible South Africa, and on Twitter at Accessible SA. You can also email us at podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za. Editing by Craig Strachan using Hinderberg software. Our theme music is by Lu Chil Chow, based on a motif by Lois Stratton. Credits read by Musa Izulu. Thank you for joining us on A Different Way of Traveling. We'll see you next time. Until then, happy travels.